Brian wants to do a Brian wants to do Brian wants to do a pod 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 podcast. Hey, hi, hello, welcome to Friend Dog Studios. This is Brian wants to do a podcast, the podcast at the forefront of hypothetical, theoretical podcasting. We are taking a bit of a break from creating new episodes this week because it is Thanksgiving week. We hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. We hope you have a safe Thanksgiving. We hope that you're not cramming into giant mosh pits of the elderly and that you're being responsible. Maybe you kind of have to sit Thanksgiving out this uh, year. I know that I personally won't be seeing my own family like I do usually. And that's a bummer. Maybe you're in the same boat. We hope that this little bit of audio entertainment will bring a little spark of happiness to you this week or give you an escape from your family if you are around them and you need such a thing. Either way, here's the deal. This is our Thanksgiving leftover spectacular. We're going to be playing clips from previous episodes I, I would call it a best of, but I don't even know what that means, really. It's more like fun clips that work okay outside of the context of the rest of the episode. We are 19 episodes in as of this release, technically 20 if you count the time that Brian released an entire hour of public domain German poetry recordings, and we've got some fun stuff. I'm going to be presenting some clips in chronological order from our earliest episodes to our most recent. These are totally arbitrary favorites of mine. And we're going to start with a topic that comes up a lot on our show, the Bible. This clip comes from episode two, the Ben and Brian Bible beatdown. And uh, Brian decided to name every book of the Bible, and have me give a brief summary of each. This is how that went. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Genesis. Beginning. Exodus. Long way. <laughs> Leviticus. Ah, uh, laws. Numbers. One. Deuteronomy. Dude. Joshua. Good guy. Just judges. Don't do it lest ye be. Ruth. Uh, sh- look at her go. <laughs> First Samuel. King me. Second Samuel. Yeah, this time it's personal. First Kings. King me again. Second Kings. I'm the bishop. <laughs> First Chronicles. Of Narnia. Second Chronicles. The Return of the King. Ezra. Get over here. <laughs> Nehemiah. Ne- Nehemiah. You're, you're a... Oh my god. Uh, Esther. Uh, I hardly know her. Job. What the... Why? Psalms. Oh, that's pretty. Proverbs. Listen well, kid. Ecclesiastes. Oh, why does everything suck? Song of Solomon. Oh, boy. I have the weirdest boner. Isaiah. Oh, listen up. Yeah. Jeremiah. I'm here, too. <laughs> Lamentations. Aww. Ezekiel. Wah! Oh, boy. We're almost through the Old Testament, I buddy. can do it. Daniel. Put me in a lion's den, will you? Hosea. Hosea, can you see? Joel. I'm just Joel. <laughs> Amos. I, I'm Amos Amos. Obadiah. I forgot that one even existed. <laughs> I forgot I existed. Jonah. Oh, boy. I got a whale of a tail. Micah. Jonah was better. Nahum. What? Nahum. That's not one of them. Nahum. Nahum Burger. Habakkuk. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Ze- Zephaniah. 
We're doing all I, of these. I know. I We're did, doing give, them all. Give my fucking brain a second. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Zephaniah. <sighs> Zephaniah Twain. Haggai. Haggai. I need a better name. <laughs> Zechariah. I'm going to climb a tree, maybe? Mm, no, that's Zacchaeus. Malachi. I might climb a tree. <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right. Matthew. Listen, here's a Jesus guy. Mark. Me, I'm going to tell you the same story. Luke. Slight variations. John? Uh, not quite. <laughs> Just you wait until we start doing stuff. <laughs> Everybody does magic. Yeah. Romans. <clears throat> hey! Fuckos! First Corinthians. Hey! I said! Second Corinthians. Listen up! Galatians. Quit doing the bad! <laughs> Ephesians. Don't make me come over there! Philippians. I said sit down! Colossians. I will turn this Bible around! <laughs> First Thessalonians. Are we done with the letters now? No, no there's still, there's still, there's still we're about halfway through the letters. To whom it may concern! <laughs> Second Thessalonians. Please find enclosed a list of grievances. First Timothy. I think I'm in jail, maybe? <laughs> Second Timothy. I thought I told you in the first Timothy. Titus. I have had it with the, these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking garden. <laughs> Philemon. I work hard all day and I got to come home to this mess. Hebrews. We're not, we're still not out of letters. No, baby. Oh my God. Um, pace yourself. He brews and she bakes. Good. James. Hello. <laughs> First Peter. I better not hear about any other Peters. <laughs> Second Peter. What the hell did I just tell you? First John. I'm First John Stevens. <laughs> second John. Oh no, my second album is worse. Third John. Coming back to, to my true form. Jude. Don't make it bad. Revelation. Dragons. Great. <sighs> Good. That was fun and well worth listening to for anyone, <laughs> no matter how familiar they are with biblical texts. This clip comes from episode four, which was entitled The American Injustice System. We spent a lot of time in this episode talking about strange laws and sort of unequal enforcement of weird laws and odd little misdemeanors. And imagine our surprise while surfing through the internet to discover that in the state of Illinois where we live, fornication is against the law. Here's our discussion on that topic. Here's an interesting one, fornication. I'm sorry? Yeah, this this is on the class B misdemeanor Are list. Are we living in Elizabethan times? In biblical times? Um, no, not to my knowledge. There are more plagues than usual. Uh, a person commits fornication when he or she... It's nice that they use both pronouns in this particular instance, it's isn't it? It's really good that women can be included in the shaming of sex. Yeah. It's, I mean, for once. Yeah. A person commits fornication when he or she knowingly has, knowingly has sexual intercourse. Okay. That's a, that's good verbiage, I suppose. I mean, yeah. knowingly has sexual intercourse with another, not his or her spouse, if the behavior is open and notorious. What? It's illegal to cheat on your spouse? If it's open or notorious, it what does seems, that mean? If I don't it's know. Open or notorious? What is the intent so of like, this law? So, like, if you cheat on your wife 
but, but like that's not what you're known for, then it's okay. So if it's just as like, long as oh, you don't gram it, like it's fine. Like if your nickname at work is cheating Greg, then you're going to jail. But if it's like weird sock guy, then you're fine because it's like, well, he's not notorious for cheating. Illinois is one of 18 states as of 2013 that have some sort of statute banning adultery. Oh my God. What the fuck? That's crazy. Now look, look, listen, listener. I want to be clear here. I'm not pro-adultery. I don't think cheating on your partner is a good thing, but it shouldn't be something that you go to jail for. As recently as 1997, the statute was actually used to charge a Harvey woman and her lover. I suppose that's a, an, an area here. No, According to it's the, a type of woman. It's a type of woman. What kind of type of woman is a Harvey woman? Harvey, Harvey woman is someone who's just got a Harvey attitude. Is, that, is it a pirate? Yeah. It sounds like you're saying it's a pirate. Sort of a nautical, rough-edged Harvey woman. Just looking for somebody to cheat with on the seven seas of Lake Michigan. Okay, that... Sure. So the woman's husband came home to find her in bed with an auto mechanic. The police said they were concerned that the husband might become violent. So they carted all three to the Harvey Police Department and charged the woman and the mechanic with class A misdemeanor, which is punishable by up to a year in prison. Cook County prosecutors decided not to pursue the case. Okay, so maybe this was like just an excuse that the police used to like get her into like some sort of protective custody in that moment. I suppose so. I that's nuts. You know, it's just I have trouble believing that any man has ever been charged with this crime. Oh, I really doubt it. This next clip comes from episode five, The Finer Things, featuring Michael Stipe, which did not, in fact, feature Michael Stipe. But it was our attempt to discuss what it must be like to live the lifestyles of the rich. And at one point in that discussion, Polo came up. And we, we, we just did our best to, to wrap our heads around what polo was. Here's that. Are they called polo shirts because people wore them when they played polo? And if so, what about the polo shirt ne- is, is useful for a polo player? Polo shirts are made of horse. Did you not know this? No. You learn something new every day. I'm going to... They're made out of horse. They're made out of the silky protective coat of a Clydesdale. The horse has to die in order for the rider to don his polo shirt that he may climb upon the back of another steed and continue his legacy. At the end of a game of polo, they slaughter their horses and make the shirt for the next game. That's why polo is truly the sport of the rich. It's not just because you have to have a horse. It's because you have to have more or less an infinite supply of horses. I don't know how long the polo season is, if it's a 16-game thing or more like the bases ball where it goes on for where you play as many games as you get runs in the games meaning that the season continues to expand as the games are played to a a crazy degree. And actually I heard that many of the home run series, the, the holders of the home run record holders. Uh I've heard that the home, take your time. I've heard that some of the home run record holders Uh like, 
Mark McGuire and Sammy Davis Jr., for uh-huh. example, have often been the target of a lot of hatred and vehemence. God, what? <laughs> what are we, you I'm know, trying to think of words. You know, Brian, that was a really long journey, but at least we didn't get anywhere. What was that guy's real name? Sammy Sosa? Yeah, Sammy Sosa. Yeah, Sammy well, Davis Jr. was part of the Rat Pack. Right. He, uh, they named him Sammy Sosa because sometimes, though, they called him Sammy Sosa. Uh-huh. Let's go. Let's go. Let's okay. get in the truck and go to another joke place. <laughs> <laughs> there uh, are some other strange rules in polo. Oh, yeah? Tell me of them. Yeah. If you carry a lance onto the field, yeah, then you have challenged the captain of the opposite team to do a, a lance pole vaulting competition. Oh, I would have thought jousting, but pole vaulting, mm-hmm. lancing, that's an unexpected turn. Yeah. If at any point after a goal has been scored, your horse starts to perform dressage, that weird Olympic horse dancing, mm-hmm. that's considered like a showboating thing. And you can actually be penalized for that, depending on who the referee is. Excessive celebration. Yeah. yeah like in college, high school, basket, football. Mm-hmm. It's just exactly like that. Trick, trot, trick, trot, trick, trot, they say as they enter the goal line. Post. They act, they do. Many of the horses have been trained to. No, that's the jockey. The jockey says trick, trot, trick, trot, trick, trot. Oh, right. And thus the famous saying, uh, I'll be there faster than a jockey can say trick, trot. Mm-hmm. And the, was, the, well, I, you know what? <laughs> oh, he's dead. Here's a question about polo. Mm-hmm. On the polo rink, do you think the horses make a lot of dookie? I mean, one would think that a horse that refined and that in fear of its skin being turned into a stylish shirt for the nerd on the go might uh, control itself. I'm hearing from you two very different things. I'm hearing a horse that is refined who, yes, would know how to clench those horse butt cheeks very tight and not let the poo-poo out. Uh-huh. I'm also hearing that the horse is afraid, which makes me think that it would evacuate those horsey bowels as fast as possible. Oh boy, I guess we can't really know. Maybe it's a Schrodinger's shit type situation where the horse is both pooping and not pooping until any human being ever watches a game of polo, which has not occurred yet. It's the observer effect. This is the other fact about polo is that no game of polo has ever been seen by someone not We can't verify any of this because no one has seen polo occur. All of the players have to be blindfolded. (laughs) Hilarious past us. Got another clip coming your way. It's very, very stupid. It comes from episode seven, Movies We Haven't Seen. This one is a dive into our uh, tastes in Christian music when we were younger. And I don't think I need to explain anything beyond that, except that it's going to start with this sort of rock music because that's what's actually baked into the transition of the episode. Brian? 
What kind of music did you listen to when you were growing up? Oh my gosh. Um, um, so for the longest time, I didn't listen to anything really. Um, just and then sat in a room <laughs> with with earmuffs on. So uh, and then I started listening to some like uh, lighter sort of pop rock Christian music. Like I listened to this band FFH and oh. uh, listened to like for uh, for friendly heroes. No, it was called Family was Faith far- Healing. <laughs> that was pretty good. It was far- fifty fucking hours that was it it was called they were called 50 fucking hours but then they they crossed over to christian uh christian music industry and they had to change it to just ffh oh wait can you do can you uh can you sing me uh an ffh song oh yeah totally there was one that i loved so much it was like the first song i ever truly loved um and it was called one of these days and then the chorus was like one of these days i'm gonna see the hands that took the nails for me one of these days i'm gonna see the hold the key to the mansion built for me one of these days i'm gonna son of son built for me one of these days one of these days i'm gonna go lose 10 pounds and keep it off and one of these days, I'm going to finally read the book that I've been meaning to read. One of these days, I'm going to download a dating app and keep it on my phone for a month. One, One of these, these days, days, I'm going to finally forgive myself for what I did. One, One of these days, days I'm going to turn myself into the police and confess it was me. One, One of these, these days, days, I'm going to get super ripped in prison. Do, do, do. One, One of these days, days, I'll then escape and extract my vengeance on everyone else one, one of these days, days i'm gonna build myself a mansion with my blood money one of these days i'm gonna run a drug empire from that place one, one of these days, days i'm gonna have an enmity nemesis relationship with a superhero one of these days i'm gonna be the climax to a marvel film one of these days i'm gonna invent some kind of scientific thing that could destroy the planet one of these days i'm gonna scatter the keys necessary to make it operate across different parts of the galaxy one One of of these days days, i'm gonna make sure that nobody can ever collect them by destroying the means to try space travel one of these days i'm gonna forget that someone has a clever and dastardly plan to recover them one One of these days days, they're gonna defeat me with that dastardly plan and kill me and i'll go to heaven one One of these days none of this will have mattered because jesus forgives all sins one One of these days that is my favorite filthy frankfurt hors d'oeuvre song yeah it's a pretty good one in that episode which is episode seven movies we haven't seen there's a whole two-part segment where we attempt to recreate the movie clueless based on an imdb summary though neither of us have seen the movie i thought about including it in this episode but it's it's pretty much the entirety of that episode so just go listen to it if that sounds interesting to you up next is a segment from episode eight supper versus dinner somehow we made an entire episode about parsing out the difference between those two words and at some point it led us to this really wild upstairs downstairs uh mythology i don't know how else to prepare you for this just listen i feel like dinner is a word 
that came from a time when people had servants. Okay. Like dinner. Yeah. Dinner is like something that gets served to you. And supper is just a thing that you make at your house. It, because you don't have any servants because you're probably the servant. Ooh. So before we go into the dining room and serve the dinner to the, the house masters, I do believe I shall have a little toothful of supper for myself, you see. I shall eat this leftover taco over the sink. That was a very posh servant. Can I give you that feedback? Well, they have to be. It's, I mean, right? Because it's a wealthy, wealthy family over at Glaston Estates. So the, this, this, this Glaston family, they yes. are so posh that their servants are also posh. They have a servant factory and that's how they made their money. They made the going back generations. The mm-hmm. land that the Glaston Estates is built on actually has um, rich servant deposits. <laughs> the story is that uh, Master Glastonbury, the Duchess of Haverterry. That's me. I've got my Terry's. He's a, he's, he's a mister, but he's also a duchess. Yeah. Uh, which is was just fun for him. Was strangely progressive. And he was out amongst the grounds. Ah, oh, look at all these grounds. They're all mine. Fuck you, Sky. I have my grounds. And then almost in response to his cursing of the weather, the, the sky began to rain. Drops of water from its clouds. <laughs> and a, a torrent of water came down upon Why him. Why are you ignoring me? Right now, in this story, Mr. Narrator, I'm a cloud playing important role. Oh, the, there was a cloud as well. Nobody asks a cloud how the cloud's doing. They just say, oh, it looks like rain when I go inside. Maybe the cloud wants to do hang, hang out. Maybe I wouldn't cry so much if you Mr. Cloud, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But to be fair to us, and the fa- the fact is that I think that most humans did not know you were a sentient being until this exact moment. Why are you talking to that cloud? I'm I just down I'm, here on the I ground. Just, I just need to make a point to this cloud real quick. Mr. Glastonbury, Duchess of ha- Haston Terry. There's a fun mnemonic device that helps you remember what my name is. What is it? It's just, uh, that one, that's uh, his name. That one, that's his name? Yep. How is that a mnemonic device? If you take all the letters in there, rearrange them a bit, double some up, add some others, it spells out my name. So in order to remember your name quickly and efficiently, you have to do a jumble? It does get a bit confusing. It can get me into a tizzy if I'm not careful. Okay, well, while you have your tizzy, I just want to say, Mr. Mr. Cloud, if you express your needs, then you have a better chance that they will be met. And I just think that's an important thing to remember. So that's my advice for you. Um, so then what happened, Benjamin, yeah. is that the Duchess looked at the ground being washed away by the crying cloud, and there was a face. And that's how he discovered the rich servant deposits. Yeah. Started digging, and there were quite a few of those servants who didn't make it through the digging process because he just wasn't sure, and he didn't call that number, you know? That number you're supposed to call to make sure you don't dig through any servants. Uh, This next clip is also from episode eight, which I think makes episode eight the only show to have two clips in this special, which is just groundbreaking. 
and I'm so proud of episode eight. We were discussing something and we were bringing up stuff on the internet and reading it. And then we kind of called ourselves out for being hacks because that's what we were doing. But then we realized, hey, that's pretty much the tradition on which all talk radio is founded. I, was, I mean, you used to work at like a talk radio station, right? For, like for yeah, for quite a long so like quite a bit. I mean, those guys just talk for hours, and how often were they just riffing on just a thing that they were reading, like a oh, news article? Almost or a, always. Almost always. Chris Kobach would send me links to a bunch of Drudge uh, links. He was like, print these off. I'll just talk about whatever that is. Yeah. And he would talk about it like it was something he'd been thinking about. You know, my my parents would listen to like Rush Limbaugh in the car all the time. And I remember having that realization of just like, oh, he's just reading stuff and just like reacting to it. Like it sounds like he's presenting it. It's reaction videos. Yeah. He's from from a different era. He's presenting it as though this is something he's researched and like thought through, but clearly not because he does it like five hours a day. Yeah. He's just sitting and reading and just taking a very hard stance about what he's I would he's like reading. to hear Rush Limbaugh just read like some Charles Dickens or something. Hello, my friends. Rush Limbaugh here on the EIB Excellence in Broadcasting Network. You get a cracker. <laughs> Just from remembering that. I, hours and hours. Yeah, and me hours. too, but I didn't remember it. <laughs> We're going to open up the phone lines here in just a little bit. To begin with, I got to talk about this. I got to talk about this. Shuffling papers. Shuffling papers on my desks. I got to talk about this. Peace in a book by that luminary, Charles Dickens. Coming in to tell us what we all need to think about stuff. Marley was dead. This this is his words, not mine. Marley was dead to begin with. There's no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by clergymen, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Now, why do we need so much bureaucracy around death? We need four different people to tell me that one person is dead. These are your tax dollars at work, people. This is what it's going to. And Mr. Dickens seems to think that's necessary. Seems to think it's right. This is the liberal mindset. It continues. And Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. I'm not a terribly literate man. Not sure what that means. Old Marley was dead as a doornail. Now, folks, I don't know why we need that kind of vulgarity in a book that we are writing for children for kids. Is this what you want? Is this what we need? We need Monica Lewinsky. Let's put her on TV every, every five minutes forever. And then let's talk about doornails and being dead. I'm sorry to repeat it. I'm sorry to repeat it. Starting to like this Scrooge fella. That guy has a Presidential Medal of Freedom now. Or whatever. Isn't that fun? God, we live in the weirdest timeline. Speaking of weird stuff, this next clip comes from episode 11, Mementos and Diet Coke. We were talking about language, as we often do. And we're talking about swear words, curse words. And we're trying to get to the bottom of 
What makes them so unique? What's their deal? Why are they bad? And we were unable to answer these questions ourselves. So Brian decided to call up a linguist and see if we could get to the bottom of this. Hold on, just real quick. I'm going to call my linguist friend. Okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yeah, do that. Yes, hi, hey, this is Brian. Oh, Brian, the one Brian I know. Yeah, it's just me, the one Brian. Look, uh, I'm doing the podcast with Ben, and Ben's in the bathroom. Oh, that guy sucks. Does he? Why doesn't he wear a shirt? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes he doesn't wear a shirt. It's, you know, it's hot. It's hot, and... He's never looked worse, and he's never been more comfortable walking around shirtless. What's that? Well, some would say that, you know, that there's nothing more attractive on a person than confidence. It's like he's given up. God damn! I, I can't really speak. That you know the. It's. In, I have a question about words. Why are okay. bad, why are bad words bad? Why are there some words that are sort of prohibited? And then also, why are there certain words that like are? Because then what? Tell me. What a well formed question. Curse words are called curse words because they'll curse you. If you use them in just the right way, they can cause a real magic curse to fall upon a person. And swear words are called swear words because. Once you say him, you've made a promise to God. And if you don't keep it, he's going to spank you good. So it is really about divine retribution. In it's an case. entirely utilitarian philosophy. You say these words in the wrong ways and actual very bad things will truly happen. What's the ratio of, of word to curse or spank? So like, you know, if I say 10 words, is that like... No, 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 you idiot. It's about using them in the exact right or wrong context if you say the words in the wrong context then you're gonna get spanked or put a curse on somebody gotcha. so if i'm like hey will you pass the salt fuck oh no i can't be on the phone with you i'm gonna be the one that has the curse upon me oh, i don't have room in my apartment for all the frogs you have just brought upon my home well, think about how much you could sell you could sell all those frogs for. god damn it they're eating my flies those are my flies i wanted them here when you just said god I damn it I am a linguist. You shouldn't be irresponsibly throwing around these words like you're some hoity-toity, higgledy-piggledy word guy knower. Didn't shit mean to do anything. No, no, now the, there's a bunch of big old cats coming in to eat the frogs I had just grown attached to after the loss of all my flies. Did the frogs eat the, all the flies that quickly? There's a hole in the bottom of the sea. There's a hole in the bottom of the sea. There's a hole. I think I might hang up. <laughs> I gotta admit to y'all, there's something deeply weird about introducing a series of clips of yourself trying to be funny. It's strange. I I feel strange. But now that I've acknowledged that, I also have to acknowledge that it's my solemn duty. No one else is gonna do it. Nobody else is gonna imply that I'm funny. Speaking of which... This next clip comes from episode 13, Crossword Crossroads, and I don't even remember how we got here, but the premise of the bit is, what if Brian and I did a mad money type financial advice show 
even though we know nothing about any of that. These stonks are going down. Sell, 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 sell. I am telling you, the stonks that you've got in the double doot doot ABC are going to go down today. They just had news that the WPT is on its way into a bulldog market. All the experts disagree, which means it's time for you to get with the program. The way that our economy works, I believe, is that anytime Elon Musk decides to tweet something, everybody rebuilds their house and we, we we all start over with money and a new cryptocurrency is born in the twinkle of the, in the eye of a child. <laughs> what you gotta do is stop buying and selling stonks. It's time to get out there and invent your own stonks. There's so many letter combinations that have not been used. Long term, short term. Undersell, oversell. We can take it all. Put the alphabet together with some numbers underneath. <laughs> And there it goes. I put the ass in assets when I get my butt into gear. Liquefy those things. And I mean get them in an industrial-sized blender and just chop them into a creamy treat to beat the summer heat. Get your boat and make it into something drinkable. If you can think it, you can drink it. It's time to take your escrow. Take it out of your stonk bank. Take that right into the fiduciary, which is next to the conservatory, which is underneath your Aviary. All aboard! I think I solved the case of who murdered the economy. It was Elon Musk with the stonk in the fiduciary. So that could be a show. That, was, that could totally be a show. We could, that's cross money. There's a lot from that clip that I treasure. If you can think it, you can drink it. Brian's coining of the word afterneath. Chef's kiss on afterneath. We've got one more clip for this Thanksgiving leftover special. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. Suddenly I feel like a like a late night drive time host, like a Delilah. But I'm not going to take any requests because this is about what I want to do. And what I want to do is play you this clip from episode 16, How Did This Get Spayed? Uh, anyone who has listened to the show for a while knows that it's kind of a running theme that Brian, quote-unquote, hasn't seen any movies. And so at one point in this episode, I asked him to name a movie he was aware of. He made up the title of a fake movie, and then we just pretended that was real and accidentally created what I think is going to be a very lucrative franchise. Can you list all the movies you're aware of now? Um, Grave Robbers 3. Mm, I haven't seen that one. It's better than two, but not as good as one. And that is the story of them having antics. You know what I like about Grave Robbers, this, the series, is that it took like the Ocean's Eleven sort of heist thing, but it really dumbed it down yeah. quite a lot. It I just, like, cause they have the part where they're gathering the team and they're like, we needed this guy and we needed this guy. It's all just men who can use a shovel. The iconic scene where 
Mr. Applesauce is walking down the street as yeah. his character and he sees, just sees like a, a worker mm-hmm. just like working and he's just like, how would you like to make approximately the same amount of money? Yeah. And then the guy comes with them. They have to get the guy who can, can dig with a shovel. They have to get the guy who can hold a flashlight. There's a guy who can carry things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the three person team and the scene where they're breaking down how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we're going to go to the grave. Mm-hmm. We're going to dig it up. And here's the tricky part. We're going to rob it. Yeah. And then they just do that. And then there's the big twist at the end where they uh, didn't think through which grave they were robbing. And and so they just end up with like somebody's corpse and they realize that that's not valuable. To yeah. Have. They just thought grave robbing seems easy. And They're no just, one wants us to do it. Therefore, there must be something in it for us. Yeah. It's just sitting there. Yeah. If we want to rob stuff, we might as well start here. Robbing the living is problematic because they can defend themselves. We rob a grave. We're on the gravy train. It's a victimless crime. It's a victimless crime, but it's all also a benefitless crime no one benefits right from this crime no one loses and no one benefits yeah there's it's a net zero it's it's, it's a zero. free free internet for 10 hours a month using our disc it's it's no carbs no carbon emissions crime it was interesting in the third installment that the twist was oh whose grave are we robbing? And the guy says, mine. And then he shoots himself and he falls into the hole they just dug. And then the other two pick him up and like take the change out of his pockets. Yeah. It was a twist. I didn't see it coming. Very short movie. And with that, we are going to say good evening, good morning, good night. Thank you for listening to our Thanksgiving leftover special. We hope that whatever form uh, Thanksgiving took for you this year, that it was pleasant, or at the very least, that it was all right, that you're feeling chill, that you have managed, regardless of circumstance, to stuff yourself way too full of food. I will give a quick mention to our Patreon. If you want to support what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash friend dog, get access to uh, some bonus material, get episodes the day before the public, stuff like that. That's patreon.com slash friend dog. But mostly I just want to say happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays. Let's get through this one weird ass holiday season as safely as we can. And... We'll get back to partying next year. For Brian Huther, I'm Ben Auksher saying we will see you on the next episode of Brian Wants to Do a Podcast.